Hello, aviators, and welcome back to the Pro Pilot Playbook Podcast, where we bring you the tips, the tricks, the hacks, the shortcuts to get through your flying career in the fastest and the cheapest means possible. Uh, today, you got me at the moment. Mike uh, will be here shortly. I just filmed this real quick to to kind of give a little intro to what's going on here. Uh, a couple weeks ago, we had recorded several questions back to back that we thought were going to be one podcast. And we ended up breaking it up. We were going to split it in half and then we broke it up even more. So not only this week, but the week after, you'll see us wearing the same clothes in the podcast. It, it, it was just too long. We're trying to keep these things short so you can watch them on your way to work or on your way to the airport for your flight lessons. Um, so it, we just broke it up here a little bit. Uh, so it'll end up being three different podcasts total, the questions. But this week... Enjoy what we have to t talk about, uh, to say about the, uh, the gentleman who had the logbook that got ruined and uh, the gentleman who walked away from a helicopter crash. Well, I don't know if he walked away, but uh, he's dealing with uh, the post issues of, of the injury of the helicopter crash and how it will affect his medical, and we tackle that this week. Anyway, here's the first one. This one comes from Stoney. Uh, Stony looks to be in the Texas area. Hi guys, I'm a huge fan of the podcast. I'm a private pilot with my FIR certificate. I think he meant to say IFR certificate. Okay. Uh, I'm looking into becoming an instrument flight instructor. I have around 200 hours total time. However, my logbook got ruined in the Harvey flooding in Houston. My first 40 hours were in that logbook. I have everything else recorded in a different logbook. I was wondering if you all could go over how logbooks are validated. The flight school that I started at no longer exists, so I don't know how to get those 40 hours back. Well, um, my first initial thought is you don't have to worry about it. <laughs> right, right. Because um, every time you fill out uh, what they call an 8710 form for, you know, which you have to do before you take a check ride um it it goes over in detail your total flight time your flight time airplane single engine land uh, your flight instrument flight time it, it has like i don't know dozens of blocks you fill out with detailed flight time that stuff is on record at the faa and of course the minimum hours to get your private pilot certificate is 40 which um, very, very rarely does somebody get it right at 40 hours. Right. Um, you, uh, when you got that first initial private pilot certificate, you know, this was recorded. Okay. So, right. um, they know that the designated examiner looks through your logbook and makes sure everything's fine. You know, right. so you wouldn't have gotten through that, uh, test, you, you know, that right. private pilot's license without somebody taking a look at your logbook. Right. So right there, you're covered. Um, right. now, am I saying that you're not going to have an issue someday down the road, sitting in an interview and you're explaining this story, it's possible you're going to get some knucklehead sitting across from you at an interview right. that doesn't necessarily like that. But as long as you show up with, um, you know, whatever records, you know, from, you can go over to your local FISDO, I'm sure they can, you might be able to get it online somehow too. Uh, it, just the fact that you have a pilot's the private pilot certificate is enough. Uh, and, and then all the other certificates you're going to have, uh, you know, by the time you start applying somewhere, it's, it's really going to be, uh, I mean, it's not going to be relevant 
Not, not really. No. And, you know, in fact, most of these corporate jobs, they, they really just look at your resume. They don't even really look at your law book. And, um, you, you know, we, um, a lot of people are going to electronic records. So there's lots of good programs out for electronic law books, but you could just convert all your records onto electronic. It's easier. You can carry it with you, all that stuff. And then just make one line item uh, for your private pilot's license. Sure. Yep. Total hours in there and everything. And then uh, uh, just from memory, you know, do that. And then, uh, you know, if anybody asks when in an interview or whatever, you just explain. Right. When I went electronic, yeah, I've got, I don't know, 10, over 10,000 hours. And when I went to uh, electronic, I have several one line items in my logbook. It's, you know, Cessna 172 and tail number various. Right. And, and, right. And, and that is like, a, you know, that one line in that electronic logbook has 86 hours or something, <laughs> you know, whatever it's, it's, it's okay once you get to a certain point to do that. The other thing you could do if you are really, really worried about it, I mean, you're not going to get specifics, but I know you said the flight school is closed, but surely, especially with this day and age of Facebook and all this social media stuff, right. you could track down somebody from the school or maybe you still have like some of your receipts. If you kept any receipts, it might show – you know, on this day in July, you flew for 1.3 hours. You know, you may be able to reconstruct some of it and then put that into a digital form if you uh, were really concerned about it. But um, yeah, if it, there's guys that, you know, maybe not uh, shortly after they do their primary flight training, uh, completely go digital with, you know, four flight offers it, you know, free. They have yeah, that's a great, great logbook. Yeah, uh, digital logbook. So I, I, I would not be concerned about it, especially since it's it, the first four. It sounds like you switched to a new logbook before you even finished your private pilot certificate. So that's even less reason to worry about it. Yep. Um, and Thank then, you for the question, Stony. That's a really good question. Well, he actually goes on here. Um, this oh, is wow. this is a good one too. He has a fall uh, additional question. Uh, completely different topic here, but I was also wondering: Could you all go over a flight instructor's salary? Does it differ from school to school? Are instructors paid by the hour? If so, how much usually? I live in Houston, Texas. The airport I would uh, want to work at is pretty busy. DWH. Um, anyway. Uh, yeah, it, it, the use the word salary is probably not accurate for a flight instructor's pay, although I'm sure it exists out there. Yes. Uh, flight instructors are typically paid by the hour. Yeah. Um, yeah, uh, it, it varies. I mean, back when I was flight instructing, I think the school charged $15 an hour for a flight instructor. And I probably saw $8 an hour of it. <laughs> oh man. Now mine was a lot better than that. I think we were 18 and then it went to 25. You're probably, so you, you know, a good way to figure out their salary is exactly what you just said. Look at the, so it's all build. Uh, you're, you're typically a 1099 employee and you're not on any kind of salary or anything. And then it's all based off billable hours. Think of yourself like an attorney. So uh, basically, uh, if you look at your local flight school, 
um, and look, they'll have the cost of the airplane to rent and then they'll have an instructor cost and it'll maybe 30 or $35 an hour, whatever. Um, now the house gets some of that, uh, not, not a ton, but, uh, like in your case, 50%, that was like, a, normally, uh, you know, if I don't remember, maybe I got $12 an hour. I don't remember. It wasn't. <laughs> so if we're charging 30, the, the instructor is probably getting, you know, 70% of that or something like that. Um, now it's not just flight time. Um, at least when I did that, it, it's, uh, also ground instruction time. So yeah. Yeah. if you go fly for say 1.1 hours with a student, you actually would have a, a pre-flight briefing and a post-flight briefing. So you may build that student for, you know, one and a half or something hours or, or even a little more than that. And then on days when it's raining, you may have them come in for one-on-one -on -one instruction on the ground and you may bill them for that. So the, the actual hour, hour, hourly rate is not that bad. Um, um, it's just, if you go through a week of bad weather, and no one's flying like where I grew up in the Ohio Valley, man, it can be cloudy in November for, in 400 overcast for freaking 20 days straight. And then there's only so much you could go over on the ground. You're, you're, you know, that, that can hurt or, you. Or if you're an instructor out in the middle of Kansas or Nebraska yeah. or Iowa or somewhere where there's just not that big of a flow of students, yes. you may only have a, a student or two every couple of days. And, you know, that's, that's not helping you either. That's why Mike and I are always telling you know, people, you know, not only from the weather aspect, but from the student aspect, get your butt into one of these high end markets, you know, like down in Florida or Arizona, something like yeah. that, where you are literally, they got more students than instructors. Cause that's where everybody goes to flight train. The weather's good year right. round. And uh, it's not just about how much per hour you're making. Um, the other, the huge variable there is when you show up to the airport, you got a full docket of back-to-back -back students that day to where yeah. you are making that 15, 20 to $25 an hour the entire time you're at the airport. Absolutely. Um, yeah. I'm looking at his airport here. I just looked it up because I've never been there. Uh, David Wayne Hooks Memorial DHW, Houston, Texas. This is a really uh, serious airport here. It looks like a feeder for Houston, okay. 7,000 foot runway. Gosh, probably 40 hangars here. This is a lot of two FBOs. This is a big deal. So, uh, yeah, it looks like, uh, you know, that's probably in a, in a densely populated area. Houston, a lot of people there with a lot of disposable income. I bet that flight school is probably pretty busy there. So, yeah, that, he might be barking up the right tree there, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, uh, you can always go to Florida to one of those uh, pilot mills or Arizona, <laughs> where they got hundreds of students. Right. They, they now a lot of those big schools pay less, but they got so much business. You know, you're you're yeah really, you know. yeah. I mean, yeah the the hourly rate it's going to be all over the place. I mean, I think the little mom and pop school next to me uh, here in the suburb of Cincinnati, I think the yeah. guys are making you know twenty bucks an hour. Or uh, maybe twenty five dollars an hour, and they charge thirty five or something. But it's you. I mean, it's all over the board. But here's the thing: you're getting paid to fly. It's one of your first things. I mean, I remember thinking doing that. And I was like, man, I'm I'm not paying. I'm getting paid to do this. It's like, man, it's a lot of the times that normally you're paying to fly, which is even worse, right? Ooh. And then you think you hit the lotto when somebody lets you fly an airplane for free, like some hangar customer or something. Well, this is the reverse. Now they're paying you. So, you know, it's not all bad. Yep. Yep. Good. Well, stick with it, Stoney. Yes. Um, all right. We got another one here. This is uh, this question is 
from Survivor 602. Oh, I saw this one, yeah. Yeah, it doesn't have his actual name, but that's the uh, handle for (laughs) Survivor 602. And I think after I read this, we'll see why. Hey, guys, I recently found your podcast and love it. Growing up, I remember seeing pictures of uh, a plane my great-grandpa built back in the 50s and always thought it would be cool to get my certificate and build an experimental just over the last or just over two years ago i was a sole survivor in an r44 crash that's a uh that's a helicopter just a helicopter yeah yeah it's a little one of these little four place helicopters like uh you know where you see them all over the place is like on in vacation areas uh down in orlando florida or wherever you know these are the the popular chopper they're using to give helicopter rides in Anyway, uh, Soul Survivor and R44 crash, 1,200-foot fall with no auto-rotation. Holy shit. So that's a that's a pretty good uh, impact. I've yeah, lost a little good. movement in my leg due to the crash. Other than that, I'm really healthy physically and mentally. Uh, what are some disqualls? Uh, and should I get a physical done before I contact an instructor? Thanks, guys, and keep up the great work. Wow. I mean, my goodness, 1200 feet. That's my first reaction. I'm like, my God, I'm, I'm on the 37th floor here looking down like that is man. Well, that's, that's something. And it sounds like other people died in a crash. That's really uh, something. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, uh, yeah. So uh, I guess we can shoot from the hip here on what we know. Uh, First thing I would say is uh, uh, absolutely. You need to go to an aviation medical doctor um, and, you know, just we, we kind of recommend that anyway, uh, right. early on, because, you know, we're that's one of the things we preach is in order to do this fast and cheap, you need to be at the airport a lot moving fast and you cannot solo, which is in the way we teach people to go through this thing. Uh, you're going to be solo and very quickly and uh, you can't solo until you get that medical anyway. And and if there's any things that pop up on that medical, you need to make sure you get them resolved. Uh, otherwise, you're going to be stuck. So, yeah, even more so in your case, Survivor 602. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, go see an AME and get your uh, medical. Try to get a first class because that's what you're going to need to fly professionally and uh, work through them and they'll help you through all of this. Um, um, and you know, it's only like a hundred bucks or whatever. This is not an expensive thing to get. So you can just go on Google maps, put an aviation medical reserve in there, find one near you, schedule an appointment and go in there and talk to them about what happened. Now, a couple of things that I can say that I just know over the years from experience and stuff. Um, if you're on some pain management, like, uh, you know, I know a guy's in a car crash and he's got some injuries as a result of that. Um, if you're on pain medicine, that could be an issue. You can uh, research that too before you go. You can Google the, the type of medicine that you're on and how that affects the FAA and all that kind of stuff. But that that right away is a problem, you know. Right. Uh, yes. No, I'm hoping, thank God, that that he's not has doesn't have any chronic pain from 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 this and and that. Uh, but I, I I have seen over the years people with problems, uh, you know, with their leg. I, I, I have seen a person with a leg problem fly. Um, and then we had a uh, uh, employee at a company that I worked at that had airplanes uh, that flew a Cessna and he was actually a glider instructor and he was injured in a crash and he was paralyzed from the uh, waist down. He was in a wheelchair and he could actually fly with uh, specially designed 
foot controls in certain airplanes that he could use his hands for the rudders and things like that. So um, that sounds much more extreme than what this person has. But I right. just but he, uh, he, he, I mean, he's not going to be a professional pilot. And I mean, no, the no, guy no. you're talking about in the wheelchair, yeah. he, there's no way he can. Right, right, right. Yeah. Um, but one thing for all viewers that may have hit on this, that have an injury or something, uh, and they're looking at this for the first time, I do want to stress, uh, and, uh, the, not professionally, but a lot of people have a love of flying and they do have some sort of medical issue. They've got something bad wrong with them that just you can't get around it. You can't get a medical. You can still fly with an instructor. And like we were talking about earlier, they're $20, $30 an hour. Um, um, you, you know, you can't get your license and you can't solo. But uh, if you just love to fly, and I know lots of people with medical conditions, they they just pay that 30 bucks. It's a small, it's a relatively low cost to pay relative to the airplane rental. So you can rent an airplane, go with an instructor and fly around and everything as long as they're there. Um, or if you just have another pilot with you a lot of times. Oh yeah. You know, and I've, I've heard the story the other way too, guys that had their pilot certificate, they had their private pilot license. Uh, there was a, a passenger I had on the jet just a couple months ago. He, uh, he even owned his own airplane and, you know, he was a, instruments certificated pilot and was what he had some type of injury or it was a major surgery what was the deal and whatever lost the medical never went through the steps to reapply and uh he just gave up on it and i was telling him the same thing i'm like you know you could still go fly at least yeah. you know grab a flight instructor and don't don't lose this passion just because of that and chances are after you know time goes by you could possibly get your medical back but survivor 602 the the short answer to your question is uh we don't necessarily know uh because you could go see this ame this medical examiner and and he may immediately say uh it, well first of all when you fill out the application you're gonna have to put down you know what surgeries were involved uh what it, it, there's a whole gambit of stuff you're gonna have to list and uh he that medical examiner may say, well, I got to submit this to the feds in Oklahoma City and see what they say. And they may come back and say, yep, you're good to go. Or they may come back and say, well, we need the patient to do this, this, this and this. And right. Once you do this, this, this and that, uh, you're cleared to go and you'll have your medical. But it's it's not an open and shut case and it may not even be an open and shut case to the medical examiner either. He's going to have to probably submit paperwork to the feds. Yeah. And one other new thing I just thought of that's very interesting that kind of relates to this. So there's a new light, uh, new license called the sport pilot license. Uh, have you heard of this, Sean? Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 And, and it's, it's a weight class of airplanes. It's lower than like a conventional Cessna, but there's companies now designing these planes, um, that are, that are lightweight if they're under a certain weight. And these are GA airplanes that you can buy and fly around everything if they're in this weight class only a driver's license is required no medical certificate you still need a license to fly it but but so if if, if you have a medical problem but you still qualify for a driver's license but can't qualify for an aviation medical you can still buy your own airplane flying around so that that's really encouraging right yeah there's a whole class of airplanes that fit into this and i think there's there's some rules in there of uh you know this is for somebody that wants to just fly i think you can't have more than one passenger you got to stay within 50 miles of the airport you took off from it has to be day vfr right. yeah it's definitely a, a cool option they're basically trying to 
take the ultralight world and put a certificate on it. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Kind of. Yep. But, uh, all right. But thanks for the question, Survivor. Yeah. And uh, good cool. luck. And uh, yeah, shoot us an email back. Curious what your AME ends up saying about the situation. Yeah. Right. Maybe a non-issue, hopefully. Yep. All right. Well, there you have it. Part two of these uh, of the long question session. Thank you for tuning in. If you have a question you'd like us to answer here on the podcast, you can email us at podcast at profileplaybook.com. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next week.